morning. It's Thursday, October 6th. And if I had to wait for the uh, leaf blowers to go away, we'd never get this recorded. So uh, starting off, um, first thing I want to say is, hey, I was on live yesterday on YouTube. And, and listen, I know normal people have nine to five jobs or, um, you know, jobs where they can't be on YouTube live. Well, the reality is I, I, there were a bunch of people on YouTube live yesterday. We had a great discussion um, about trading philosophy and about, um, well, you know, it, it's always great that the algorithm tells you when to buy, but when do you sell? Um, and sometimes, you know, the triggers on when to sell are a little late. But I, I talk about in the four-hour charts, and you can look at these charts. I mean, charts are, are a good way to get in and out. But you look for that button hook when it loses that that confirmation and the validation. Um, when it gains that confirmation and the, the validation on the bottom end and it has a button hook, um, that's when you get in. So it, it, it's, it's not hard. It's just whatever forced you to get in should be the, the exact opposite of what forced you to get out. And that was what I'm, I was trying to explain on YouTube yesterday. And then after that, um, I saw a tweet from, um, uh, who was it? Um, it was a, it was a great tweet. Go to my Twitter if you want to see. I think it was Trading Chick. Um, T-R-A-D-I-N-G-C-H-I-K. There's no C. Uh, trading Chick. But she posted, um, most people overcomplicate trading. And, and this is completely true. Um, it's not that difficult. And she put out five strategies. Decide what kind of trader you want to be, which I, I've always told you, develop your strategy. I have my strategy, which is based on my algorithm and fundamentals, which includes both charting and fundamentals. Um, build a strategy for your style. That's what I've done. I got, I got the algorithm. I've got the four-hour charts. Um, I, I, I decided to be a swing trader. I can completely day trade um, if I ever need money. But uh, I built my strategy around that to develop a trade plan with rules. Like I always say, don't be greedy. I, I, I tell you guys, you know, Devin and Oxy are a perfect example. Under 60, buy it all day long. Over 60, sell it when it loses its validation. I don't follow that um, 100%. And, and the reason is that, you know, and again, overcomplicating trading. Your, your feelings get involved when you... you you put emotions in a trade. That's when you you start to get screwed. And I've been, you know, I haven't been screwed because I've just held on. I should have sold out and, and then gotten back in. But you never know, and and so emotions get in there. Um, if you're just starting, the fourth one is 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 key. Uh, start small and journal your trades. Um, I think most of you guys are probably listening to me because you want to build the wealth. You want to make sure that. Um, uh, you, you, you keep the wealth that you have. Well, the reality is I, I'm just going to be you know, honest to tell you, you know, Warren Buffett loses a ton of money in a down market. Um, you know, Ray Dalio loses a ton of money in a down market. Um, uh, you know, everybody loses money in a down market other than like Jim Chanos, who's a famous short seller. He makes money in a down market. Um, but again, decide what kind of trader you are goes back to number one. Um, scale up as you establish confidence in your trading. This is key. 
if you don't have confidence, if you lose confidence, start small. Um, one of the, the people on, on YouTube Live yesterday asked me, well, how do I know when to sell? I always wind up getting emotional and keep it, and it always winds up going down. Um, I, my, my psychology, you know, I took one, one semester of psychology in community college. So I'm, I'm completely a psychologist, just like everybody researching vaccines and stuff. Um, but the reality is, uh, you have to get over that. And, and so my suggestion was, Hey, just go out and sell once one share of everything in your portfolio right now. Um, it'll be uncomfortable. Uh, you'll see everything will be fine. The world will go on. Just do it get over it. Um, so, uh, again, scale up as, as, as you establish your confidence. Um, it's, it's kind of simple. Um, the other thing we talked about was what percentage of my portfolio do I trade? And I haven't gone over it in a while, but the 40, 40, 20 that, that I've talked about where 40% of my portfolio, I just don't touch. Um, God, it's been 20 years since I probably traded some of this stuff, but I just don't touch it. A lot of those are ETFs. Um, you know, a lot of, I, I've had the ARC funds since 2017. I haven't touched them. I have traded out in my retirement accounts, but in my brokerage account because of tax events, I just haven't, um, you know, that's another, uh, you know, what kind of trader you are to establish that, uh, I'm a different trader in my IRA than I am in my brokerage. Big, big, big difference when you add in taxes. And I talk um, to a, a lot of people that I mentor about this, and specifically younger people. Um, if you're trading in a uh, Roth IRA, take your profits. If you've identified this as a short-term trade, like say the energy trade, like I, I consider that a short-term trade, uh, swing trade, um, take your profits and get the F out. I mean, honest to God. Your Roth, you should be protecting your gains as you as much as you can. Um, uh, doesn't mean that you don't have a certain portion of your Roth in buy and hold, like I have in Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft. But my my Roth portfolio, my IRA portfolio, and my brokerage portfolio, and my HSA portfolio completely different. In fact, my HSA portfolio, um, which I have, if you guys don't know, HSA stands for Healthcare Spending Account. And one of the best strategies, it is by far the best um, uh, savings tool that you can have. Um, typically, you use it to spend for money on, on medical and you put, you know, $1,000, $1,500, whatever you spend. You know, families typically spend more. And then you take it out and you, um, you kind of, you know, it's tax-free. So it goes in tax-free. It comes out tax-free as long as you spend it on health care. Well, here's the, 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 the funny thing. There is no statute of limitations as to when you can take that money out. So uh, just for shits and giggles, imagine you've got, um, uh, you know, you put $1,000 in and all of a sudden you have a $500 uh, doctor's bill, um, but you have $500 in cash that you can pay for that, that doctor's bill. Um, my suggestion and the way I've done it is because there's no statute of limitations in that $500, that $500 is going to grow tax-free in that, uh, in that uh, healthcare account. It's going to grow tax-free um, for the next 20, 30, 40 years. You don't have to pay uh, capital gains, and it's not against the gains. You just have to, to have a receipt for the $500 of the money, the $1,000 that you put in. 
And so over the next 20 years, I'll, I'll guarantee you, you'll spend a thousand dollars on healthcare. Well, that thousand um, dollars, if you put it into something like Tesla and say you put it into Tesla in 2008, and, and I wouldn't suggest it, suggest you being a little bit safer with it because it is tax free and you want money. But say you put it into Tesla. Well, that $1,000 um, very well could be $100,000 by the time you're done. And, and $99,000 that is gain that you have no taxes on. That's a 30% gain compared to if you had it in your poor, um, uh, brokerage portfolio. I'm sorry, a 15% gain. Because you'd be paying 15% uh, capital gains tax on that. So understand your taxes, understand what type of trader you are, understand what type of account you are, and understand the 40-40-20 rule, which is 40% I don't touch, 40%. It's kind of midterm. I'll hold on to it for at least a year, maybe five, 10 years. Um, uh, you know, it, it might be something that I trade within, uh, you know, anything less than a year doesn't go in that 40%. And then 20%, shit, could hold it for a day could hold it for a week, could hold it for a month, could hold it for six months. It's just a matter of what you feel comfortable with. So uh, great discussion yesterday on YouTube Live. And so you know, I kind of go on YouTube Live um, uh, right after I record this, usually around 9, 9.30. And that, that will change when I'm home. I'll actually record while I'm on YouTube Live. It's just technology right now. Uh, can't do it. So let's look at some stocks. Costco came out with uh, earnings yesterday, uh, not earnings, their sales, their monthly sales, um, <clears throat> September sales up 10% year over year. Uh, the weakest segment is e-commerce. And that's the only reason you find something wrong with Costco. Now it's trading at 480. We had a MACD cross up here on September 29th um, at 488, 488.63. Their earnings are coming up on, it's way out here. Um, God, it's like, uh, I want to say December. You don't have earnings anytime soon. They just announced back on September 23rd. So you don't really have any events that are coming up, any catalysts. But you do have, here, here's, here's what you should notice. If their sales are up 10% year over year, uh, and that's September, you can assume that that's probably going to continue through the um, the holiday period. And so that January, if you go back and you look at, um, let's look at their first quarter earnings. Because I think, you know, this has a yearly, um, if I noticed, a trend of in, yeah. So here we are in October of last year. We were selling at 480. I'm sorry, 440. 440 was where we were in October 15th of last year. Uh, there was a MACD cross up. You had an 18% run from there to December 6th. That, that's very much like the chart that it looks like today, um, where you could be running up to um, you know, the all-time highs of 592. So I like Costco. Um, they, they probably will not announce a membership increase anytime soon, but I do like the stock. I really, really do like the stock. Um, let's, let's shake it up a little bit. Let's take a uh, listener request. Shopify for Sundeep Kumar on Instagram. Um, personally, I own it. Sundeep 
um, had mentioned um, uh, he may want to hold on to this one. It's been a falling knife <laughs> ever since uh, April. You haven't seen a huge upturn. You've had two, uh, two opportunities. Uh, buy in August 2nd and sell on August 17th for a 4% gain. Buy on September 7th and sell on September 19th for a 6% gain. Everything else has been a loss. The algorithm loses you 58% on this, but buying and holding loses you 70% on this. Your average win is 10%. Um, you only win uh, 29% of the time. So it, it, it's got some structural issues. You have uh, earnings coming up on October 26th. There are some problems here with Shopify. Do I think that it's hit a bottom? I don't. I don't actually know. Let's look at Shopify on, um, you know, here's the thing. They're, they're not making money. Um, their forward PE is still 5,138. That's a crazy, crazy number. Uh, it's overvalued. It is down 77% uh, year to date. Um, it is the 18% above its 52-week low. It's 82% below it's 52 week high, which was 176. Remember, this was trading at $1,000 before it's um, 10 for one reverse split. So they, they wanted to get the, the, the share price down so retail traders could trade at it. It's just, you know, they, they were trying to manipulate the game. Um, but I, here's, here's my guess. And there's a slight gap here. And when I mean slight, it is slight. Um, if we start to go up, I think you go back to 31 on this one. I don't think it's worth holding on to this one forever. Um, I, I, the gap that I see here only goes to 31. Yeah, that's a, you know, just under a 10% win. Um, I, I just don't see something coming up where um, Shopify all of a sudden grows into their valuation um, because they started making money. Um, it, it just doesn't work like that. So I would say, uh, Sandeep Kumar, if, if, um, if you're holding on to this one, I would say probably, you know, take your capital somewhere else. Uh, personally, I do have capital in this one and my average purchase price, I think is somewhere in the forties. So I have lost a lot of money on this one, but, uh, I do like it as a, a, a tool. Um, I think it is probably the next Amazon. And if I were talking about Amazon in 2000, I probably would have said the same thing. Hey, they're spending too much money. Um, you know, it, it's never going to grow into what Jeff Bezos thinks. Um, and, and, and again, I didn't buy Amazon in 2000. I didn't buy Amazon, I don't think, until like 2010, 2011. Um, I missed that entire decade of run that they had. So... Again, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. Nobody can, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I'd be Warren Buffett um, with billions of dollars eating a Dairy Queen every night and a Coke, uh, you know, living in a $20,000 house that I bought um, that's today, you know, worth $40,000. Um, you know, he, he, he's got a very simple life, it's a, but, you know, he's got billions of dollars. Be happy to live that stress-free. Um, so let me see. Okay. That was it. Uh, next one I wanted to go over is snowflake. 
if you've noticed, Snowflake has quickly um, come back up. They were down at the, they, they supported their level down at about 170. Uh, there is a MACD cross up here September 30th at 175. It's trading at 185. I hold at 183. Uh, several times this has gone above 200 and I haven't sold. Um, next time it goes above 200, I might sell out and then buy back here at one, one, 180. There are some good, um, let me pull this volume shelf back over here. Now, if I pull this, um, let's go back to, because we haven't had a ton of runs on uh, here on Snowflake, I'm going to pull this back to the June lows where it was 120. And, let, and, and typically on volume shelves, you like to pull it to highs, but there haven't really been too many highs on this one. Now, the volume shelf with support level is at 161 uh, when I pull it back there. There's a good volume shelf here at 174 building up. There's a good volume shelf here at 187. Um, there's a decent volume shelf at about 200. That would be where my guess is if we continue this run, we go. And so if you got in at 175, kudos to you. Uh, this is one that I probably, you know, again, I'd like to trade it over 200 just to take the money because I do think that we're going to see more downturn. Um, if, if you guys haven't been paying attention, I think I put this out there, um, on Twitter. If I haven't, I will. But the Fibonacci, um, that I ran in Tread Spider and Fibonacci is just a mathematical equation of support and resistance lines. Um, there's one at 3,500 on the S and P and there's one at 3,200 on the S and P. Um, and they are perfectly aligned for a lot of, um, technical meaning chart people. Uh, and fundamentals for those uh, those folks. So there's a lot of of thought that that's where we're going. If we hit 3,500, um, just so you know, the nat the the S and P right now is about 3,700, 375 <clears throat> um, is the spy. So uh, if we go back to 3,500. Um, it would be about a 10% drop. If we go down to 3,200, it's about a 25% drop from here. So it, it, it's a significant um, pullback, uh, and that's what a lot of people are looking for. But Snowflake, in my mind, I think you could sell it around 200, even buying here at 185 and taking almost a 10% profit. Uh, here's the thing. If it goes back down to 120, I don't think I'd, I'm you know hurt by holding on to it or even dollar cost averaging on this one because I think you'll get it back up. Uh, another stock that I wanted to take a look at is Ford because Ford announced yesterday that they're increasing the price of the F-150 Lightning uh, Pro by 11% doing to, due to ongoing supply chain issues. I talked about Ford a couple of days ago with a MACD cross up here at 1196. It's got a cross up at 1250. I think you're starting to get into hype plays here. Um, they've been making a lot of uh, press releases, if you will, and I think they'll continue it. So I do think that you get into a a, a pretty good uh, realm here. There's some uh, gaps here to be filled um, at about 13 and then a couple others at about 1450. So that move right there could be, uh, if it goes up to fill these gaps, it could be a significant, you know, 10% gain in this one. And again, I, I like Ford as a hype play. I don't like to, 
buy and hold it. Their earnings are coming up October 26th with that price increase and quote unquote supply chain issues. I don't know that I'd look for this one to get back into the 20 range, um, but I do think buying here, if you can get it with an 11 handle, I, I think you're good. 1196 was the buy on the algorithm. Um, I think today, if it, it goes down to the um, 11 handle at all, uh, let's see where the day range was yesterday uh, on Ford. Ford is trading at about 1242. It closed at 1251. Um, yesterday's range was 1213 to 1256. So you'd have to see a pretty good downturn in this one to get back to 1213. Um, the Dow, just so you guys know, was uh, significantly down and it's kind of even now. Um, you know, the VIX is at 28, 29, somewhere in that neighborhood. So uh, that's what I'm looking at. Now, some of the flyers that I've noticed, TOPS, T-O-P-S, I brought this up. I kind of posted this, I think, yesterday on Twitter. Um, I had said, hey, if it, it, get, it, it this could go back to 13. Um, well, the reality is it closed at 984 yesterday. And let's see, tops. We're going to put in tops into Active Trader Pro. Yesterday's um, day range, 527 to 1160. Wow. I mean, it, it, it opened up in that $6 range and just took off to 11, almost $12. 11.60 was its high. It closed at 9.88. It did have a fall down um, in the afternoon. Um, and it is opening up at about 8.11, looks like the ask. The 10-day volume is 8.9 million. <laughs> the 90-day the volume is 1 million. So it, this has been a hype, complete hype play, complete hype play. Um, 18% short interest. So there's the potential that this is a short squeeze because that's from uh, September 15th. This is the complete uh, short squeeze. Let me look at this. Um, see if Tops is listed in this news article. I think it is. Um, yeah, it's just listed as a top gainer. Uh, it's a shipping company. Um, I like this this particular one because it, it does have volatility, um, but that was one that I wanted to bring up. Another one that I brought up with Charlie was FNGR, Finger. Um, let's look at this one. Uh, finger Motion. And this one, he said, hey, if it holds the, that $5, it should take off. Yesterday, we saw it uh, run all the way up. Are we open? Yeah, we're open. This one's down about 11%. Uh, it ran up yesterday from, it looks like about 520 all the way up to 920. So it had quite a move yesterday. It's taking today off. It's down about 11%. Um, in the algorithm, tops, by the way, in the algorithm, complete buy uh, since $2.81. But uh, finger, finger motion. Uh, let's take a look at this one. And sorry, that's my dog squeaking her her toy. She's um, obsessed with it. But Finger has been a buy since September 19th at 65 cents. You're at $7.89 right now. Um, there's a gap here between $4.354 and $4. So I, I think if we're pulling back, that would kind of be where I would look at. But... You know, again, this is this is hype play. 
So play it on, on shorter time frames than four hours. Um, I would play on a five-minute chart, uh, maybe a 10-minute chart, 15-minute uh, uh, chart, um, maybe a one-minute chart. I mean, again, this is, this is hype play. Uh, also announced yesterday, um, SJIM and uh, LJIM. Uh, those two symbols have been filed for as an ETF by the inverse Kramer crowd. Uh, there will be an inverse Kramer uh, ETF. And so when Jim Kramer buys something, these people will use options to try and get uh, as much money out of things to show you how, uh, how negative Jim Kramer has been. Now, in an up market, I think Jim Kramer's fine. I think Jim Kramer is, is you know, he's entertainment. Again, I, I tell you guys, don't even listen to me. Uh, on the, the, some of these things, um, you know, Corey from Instagram actually reached out to me yesterday. Um, credit Suisse, he played it. He played the options play on that one and, and had a great, great win on that, uh, just based on, on my recommendation. But Corey's also super experienced, I think, um, in the options world. Uh, and he can do the research. He understands this stuff and he understands options. He understands when to get in, when to get out. He's developed his own style. It did. It sounds so I, I, you know, again, I, my, my danger with Jim Cramer and with everybody else is there's people out there who just say, oh, let's buy this. I've, I've done that even with Jim Cramer myself um, in the past, even though I was an experienced trader. He told me to buy American Eagle Outfitters because of the price of um, uh, cotton. And it, this was in January. And I'm down. I've lost about 50%. It's not a huge, huge loss, but I did go in. I went in on PayPal. Because he, Jim Cramer said, yeah, I talked to the CEO, everything's fine and dandy. And then you lose 50% in a day, you know, when they announce earnings. Um, he is complete, complete entertainment. So I do like that the inverse Cramer crowd came out with SJIM and LJIM. So you can play those against each other. When he says, hey, sell the market, buy the long gym. When he says, hey, we're in for a bull, buy the short gym. That's kind of what they did with Kathy Wood. So if Jim Cramer gets upset at this, there's no reason for him to get upset. He was one of the main complainers about Kathy Wood herself. So um, let's see. Tom and Rose had some, uh, some interesting ones yesterday. Uh, the first one I'll go over is PDBC. This is Invesco Optimum Yield Diversified Commodity Fund. And this was interesting because... It's got, if you pull it up, um, let's pull it up in Finviz. Even if you pull it up in uh, just a Google search, you'll see it's got a 41.29% dividend yield. Year to date, this one's up 23%. So it's outpacing um, the S&P by a super wide margin. You had a MACD cross up here at 1648 on September 29th. You're at 1727. This one has risen like crazy. Um, now, here's what I find interesting. With a 41% dividend yield, if I go back, and I'm going to go to a monthly, um, because if I go back, um, let me pull this one. Uh, it's loading more. And I go back to, oh, okay. It just goes back to about 2015. But you can still see, if you will pull up a monthly chart of PDBC, 
you'll see exactly what I see. I've got the Bollinger Bands out. Um, you know, it's wide open right now. And that's because in November and January, it shot up. And then December, you can see <clears throat> it went all the way down to $13.22 in December. Um, it opened up at twenty fifty two, and it closed at fourteen oh six. It just took a dump in December. Then in January, you saw it go up. February, you saw it go up. Uh, March, you saw it go up. Uh, April, you saw it go up. And, and in May, you saw it go up. And then in June, you kind of pulled back. In July, you kind of pulled back. In August, it closed a little higher than you actually opened up. September, you pulled back. And here in October, you're kind of in the center of that initial um, run that we saw from um, last year. And so you're kind of in the middle. Is this the start of something really shooting up? It could be. Again, we had the algorithm shoot up. Now, what I wanted to show you is, are you upset that this one didn't run? If you had bought in, um, uh, let's see, March of 2021, and you had enjoyed this run-up to about uh, 22 or 23, um, and you had bought at 17, well, that's a great run-up right there. Uh, and would you have known to sell out? Eh, maybe. But here's what you have to know. Even if you bought in March of 17 and you're pissed off that you, you've held on and it's come all the, made the round trip all the way back, you've gotten a 40% dividend. So it's not like you haven't gotten anything. You've gotten a 40% dividend. So, in fact, I have to, let me see. Why don't I have dividends up on here? Uh, dividends are up on there. Um, interesting. I'll have to look that up. But that's why I wanted to bring that up. It's a great call on Tom and Rose's part. I, I, I like this. I'm looking into it. Commodities typically is a stable uh, kind of play to, to, to go into, um, but I like that one. The next one is ALB, Albermine, and this is a lithium play, um, and lithium is the key component to a lot of our current electric batteries, uh, electric car batteries, and you had a MACD cross up here on October 4th at 284. Currently, you're trading at 281. Um, this one, the algorithm makes you 83%. Buying and holding makes you 187%. Um, I believe this is one that I think our friend in um, uh, Southeast Asia uh, actually brought up uh, a while ago as well. And she really liked it because I think Southeast Asia, uh, if I remember the country that she's in, I forget which country that she's in, um, but she had brought up that, that they are the lithium capital and blah, blah, blah. And she was really big in this one. And, and it's been a great, great trade. Great buy, great trade. It's gotten this platform here at about 280. Um, it's got a volume shelf, a clear volume shelf. That, that's super, super nice. Um, let me see. I'm going to try and uh, there we go. Um, oh, I've got to pull that up. But I apologize. I was totally getting distracted by my dog um, with the squeaker. So I had to stop that. Um, but Albermine Corporation, Albermine Corporation, um, I like it. It's, if you look at this chart, it's been capitulating here um, really between 260 and about 300. It could be getting ready 
to kind of blast off again, like we saw from July, where you bought at 206 and you enjoyed a probably close to a 40% profit. It, the, the algorithm finally got you out um, on September 1st with a 27% profit. Um, the, the next trade on September 9th was not as good. You saw a button hook and it got you out with a loss. Uh, significantly later, you could have gotten out with a gain, but that button hook just wasn't strong enough. So my, my suggestion would have been to ignore uh, the algorithm, maybe a 5% stop loss, which you didn't get. Um, but you could have probably just held on to it because it bought you in at about the same price. But 284 is the price. Um, 281 is where it's trading at right now. If we are going into a higher market, this one could take off. Um, specifically with all of the um, uh, Chinese focused on electric, EU focused on electric, America focused on electric. Um, it, this one could be a good play. So thank you, Tom and Rose, for bringing that up. Corey on Instagram wanted me to look at, the first one is Energy Transfer ET, which I've kind of gone over before. Um, ET is one, uh, they are a pipeline uh, it's been a good one. Um, right now, the September 29th, the algorithm had you buy in at $10.91. You're at $11.83 today. So it's been a good play on that pullback. And it was very clear, by the way, with that MACD cross up that you were going to go up because the RSI was down. Right now, you're getting your button hook. So if you're in this one, eh, I'd probably take your profits. Um, I do think it's going to dip under 90 again when we have some type of energy, um, quote unquote, issue. Right now, the, the, the real energy is uh, oil um, with OPEC, kind of like we went over yesterday. But the main one that Corey wanted me to look at is ENVX. He wanted me to plug it into the algorithm to tell him. Um, ENVX, there's a significant gap that's tr that tried to be covered, but it hasn't completely between 16 and it looks like the initial one was about 19 between 16 and 19 and that was back from their earnings on august uh 10th um that one has been partially covered but not completely covered now the buy-in on october 3rd was 19 dollars and three cents and you're trading at 20 dollars and 24 cents right now um the rsi is at 57. You really don't have that much volume um, in a support level. Let me pull this back here. Let me look. Um, I'm pulling the volume to August 16th so I can see where the real, the problem is that's the beginning of the, uh, the, the gap there. Um, and you're above your volume shelf. The volume shelf is really at 1940. Do I expect this one to continue on? Uh, I don't know. ENVX. My guess is, Corey, since you're asking me about this one, it's not, yeah, it's not making money. Um, you know, price to sales is 583 times. That's a crazy price to sales. Year to date, it's down 27%. It is 173% above its 52-week uh, low. It is only 49% below its 52-week high. Now, to get back to that 52-week high, um, you're going back to, uh, January of this year, uh, where the market was super healthy. Do I think that you're going back to January of this year? I don't know, man. This one's a kind of one of those, um, the last, the Cantor Fitzgerald initiated, uh, coverage, their price target is 25. 
Um, that's September. September, Piper Sandler, overweight, 29. Um, August 22nd, Loop Capital, uh, buy, 50 to $100. They moved it to $100. Um, yeah. I, I guess this is, let me see what they do. Um, designs, develop, and manufactures lithium-ion. This is another EV. So you're kind of just gambling with this one, to be honest with you. I, I think they're, you know, those analyst recommendations are good because they, you know, these guys actually analyze this stuff um, in much greater de de detail than I do. Uh, my guess is if you're in this one, uh, it's been choppy. It, you know, again, even if you look at Finviz, look at Finviz. There's a clear, clear support level down here at 17. There's a clear, clear resistance level here at about 24. Um, in a good market, I think you're going above 20 again. Uh, again, I personally, um, until they start making money, I'm not necessarily holding on to this one for a long time. So I uh, hope that one's good. Uh, or just let's look at Boyle versus UCO. By the way, I'm going on a long time today. Um, but we're going to have an hour long one and then I'll go on YouTube live. But Boyle uh, had a quick turnaround. Again, 53.02 was the buy-in. And I said yesterday, hey, if you can get it around there, that's great. It's at 56 right now. So you, you, you know, you're close to 10%. But I think you're going for a run. Uh, like I said, there's a gap here between 88 and 96. Could easily see it go up there with some of the energy crisis that we're seeing heading into winter. Boils your play. Uh, UCL is another one. Um, the White House is announcing that they're considering easing sanctions on Venezuela, which would be super bullish for Chevron, by the way. Uh, UCL buy-in at $27.94. Uh, and I've said, you know, don't use the algorithm on this one totally um, because the algorithm kind of is, is a little tricky with this. Um, but I, I do like the algorithm. You win, uh, what, 40% of the time? And your average win is 21%. I'll take those odds. Um, but 27.94 is your buy-in. You're trading at 31, so you've gotten your 10%. If you're in it, eh, maybe back out of this one. There's you know no gaps on the way down that haven't been filled. So I just don't see any gaps. Um, the volume uh, is right here at 30 there's a significant volume shelf at 30 that's there. So uh, I, I do like UCO and I like Boyle. I like energy going into winter. I like uh, the, the, the crisis that's going on. I, I think energy prices just go up. Uh, Peloton, I've talked about Peloton before. Um, CEO says that they have six months to see if the plan um, on their restructuring will actually make it and the turnaround can work. Uh, they're laying off 500 employees. This might be a good gamble. We had a MACD cross up here at 856. It's trading at 885 on the news today. So it is up slightly. Um, personally, I love the app. Uh, I use the app. I've talked about this. It's $12.99. If you're a student, you can get it for $6.99, I think. Um, if you're military, uh, first responder, I think it's $6.99 too. Um, but here's the thing. And, and, and I say I love it. Um, I got... Three months for $12.99 in June. That expired a week ago. I called a friend. I said, hey, you have the Peloton app. Send me an invite. Uh, I used a different email address. I got 60 days for free. Um, then 
uh, once I did that, I canceled my other one. Um, and they sent me, hey, uh, through Hilton, since you're a Hilton Honors member, we'll give you 90 days for free. So I can't add it on. But when my 60 days is up as Hilton Honors member, start a new email address. Hilton's Honors costs you nothing to actually subscribe to. Take you 10 minutes, save you 40 bucks, or what, 12.99 times three. Yeah, almost 40 bucks. So uh, that's my problem with Peloton and whether it will work. There's people like me who are just cheap and, and want this stuff. Um, and you can find ways around that. So uh, I like the stock. I, I, you know, well, I should say it, this is kind of like App Harvest. I like the business, not necessarily the stock. And when you look at the stock, again, they're, they're not making money. This is a company, let me make sure they're not making money. Yeah, they have no forward PE. Their price to sales is 0.82, which is not horrible. Their turnaround story, again, the CEO says, hey, it's going to take us six months to understand if the turnaround story actually works. He's a great CEO. He's great at making a turnaround. I think it's worth the gamble. Um, I may get in on this one just because I do use it. And again, figure out what kind of trader you are, what kind of investments you want to make. This one for me would be a trade, not an investment. Uh, Twitter, I got out at 52. I have announced that. Uh, the two sides are having problems coming to agreement. Uh, on social media, though, uh, Pinterest got an upgrade and is up uh, significantly today. P-I-N-S. Um, their valuation went up. The, the buy-in was 23.78 on this one. Um, uh, 23.78 on do, do, October 3rd. Uh, very clear. Uh, the RSI right now is at 65. It looks like it is um, overbought. Uh, it is up at 25.85. So if you bought in at the 23 level, if you got in at the 20 level, um, you know, th this is a great, great stock with Twitter's valuation being where it is. And Pinterest got an upgrade from Goldman Sachs saying it's much easier for them to monetize than Twitter. So, and I believe that just, and the other one that you want to look at is Snap, because if for some reason, um, Twitter's valuation is justified, Snap's a, you know, $50 stock again. I don't think it is. Snap had a buy-in on October 4th at 1055. Um, this is not one that I would necessarily get into. Eh, it's been one of those that has been a little bit tough. Um, by the way, key point in this market, this is why I'm kind of he hesitant to, to really mention stuff. Um, jobs number tomorrow. Uh, again, I've mentioned Fibonacci between 32 and 3,500. Uh, if it's a weak number, I think that's where we go. Uh, I'm sorry, if it's a strong jobs number, I think that's where we go because that will indicate that the Fed will probably continue to raise longer. Um, if it's a weak job number, I think the market soars because uh, they think that the Fed has uh, issued its mandate. Boom. And by the way, we're positive again. Uh, 8.50 or 9.50 in the morning. We're positive. Um, the only uh, cross-up that I found this morning that I'd be willing to take a chance on, and this is just one that, you know, it's trying to fill the gap. It's going to fill the gap. Um, Gap down here on earnings because they announced that their inventory was just crazy and that they're going to have to discount. Went all the way down to 81. 
You're $91 right now, and the stock is Nike, NKE. And this is just within a week. Their earnings came out September uh, 29th. September 29th, they came out with earnings. There are gaps all the way up here at 105. I don't know that you're going to cover that one, but you should cover this gap all the way up to 95. It's trading at 91 right now. That would be a, what, almost 5% gain? It might be worth going there, um, but uh, they're flashing on CNBC right now. The, the banks, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and JP Morgan, all down almost 1%. Um, Bank of America is at 31. Wells Fargo, 42. Um, yeah, I like those. Uh, remember, uh, the other thing I, I wanted to bring up, Jim Cramer is touting that if the semis are able to... Um, uh, continue their run because Qualcomm yesterday was up 2%, um, which is crazy because again, Qualcomm had that, that, that kind of cross up there. Um, but we have, he's saying the semis should run. Now we've had a run in semis S O X L, uh, $10 and five cents. Uh, there is a clear, clear volume shelf here at 12. Um, and that's the one that, that I'm kind of looking at. Is that the support level? It's 1178 right now is where SOXL is trading. If we see Qualcomm and the other chips up again today, uh, I think I might consider SOXL to be in play. Um, even though that $10.50 one has been a fantastic move, you've gotten your 10%. Qualcomm is up again today at 126. So the, the 120 buy-in that we had on the algorithm on October 4th, uh, it's been a great, great one. Because again, you've got earnings coming up. I think this one's going to continue to rise into earnings November 2nd. So, uh, but Jim Cramer does say SOXL is probably the play, which indicates, hey, you know, it's, it's done running. So SOXS. Um, he does say that the banks probably will follow um, because we are heading into earnings seasons and the semis will be first and the banks will be second. Uh, with the banks, remember Goldman Sachs, anything below 300 is your buy point. They are a little bit down today. It's not crazy, crazy down. Um, you're seeing a red candle. Uh, the buy-in was 298.36. You're not seeing a button hook here. Uh, they've got a gap up here about 330. I would say with good earnings or good forward guidance or the Fed kind of um, saying, hey, we're going to slow down a little bit this one moves up. So, okay, I am done because I went way longer than I uh, wanted to. I went to do a half hour. I did 45 minutes. So I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow we will have the jobs number. I will have an update on that one. See you tomorrow.